Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Devin Jordan. I'm with Trace Armstrong and Rob McIntyre. We are here to discuss season 38, episode four of the Challenge. Rider dies. Rob just made me aware of the episode title before we started because apparently this is something a lot of people know. I was it's good uh, SEO. I was unaware of this. It probably is good SEO. Oh, living on the edge, episode four. What did we think? Worst episode of the season. I thought, no. I thought I thought this was like one of the worst episodes in years. I thought this was absolute dog I, trash. I, I, okay, so I don't know where we really want to begin with this. I, I just think in terms of how it was set up as an episode, it was bad. I thought the elimination was awful. Watching that was so cringeworthy, I couldn't handle it. The mission was atrocious. So long, so redundant. Two people were able to complete it. It was just awful mission. And then the, the worst offense of all to me, was how they have this like little montage. They have these hookups happen. They have the bum shack playing in the background, and they have Tori and Jordan get in bed together and sandwich in between Fessy and Nelson, sleeping with random rookie woman who we could care less about, and it's treated like nothing happened. When this was like the supposed to be like the biggest plotline of the season, I thought it was an abject disaster of an episode. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I with before we came on, I th- I thought about starting with. Uh, saying one trying to say one positive thing that came out of this episode and i think the only positive well i i i should probably shouldn't even say this on air so i'm gonna skip that so i i can't even say one positive thing but i think it's in contention for worst episode since zach and jenna total madness i, I think it's no definitely in that we're nowhere near that level of bad it was we're what, no- what what good came it, out of this I episode was, there was nothing entertaining I, that happened I, I, all, I all that happened all that happened is Nelson – what they did is Nelson did exactly what every other single person in the house would have done, and somehow they tried to play it off as he was some strategic mastermind. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Every every single veteran in the house would have sent the three rookies in and Darrell and Veronica because they just came to the game and didn't have relationships with people. Every person would have done that. So so I would contend a lot of teams would have sent Michelle and Jay and Darrell and Veronica, sure. but that doesn't change anything. And then it's also like – Potato, potato. deal where it's like, oh, Olivia is going to like, you know – make these agreements with everybody and like, you know, backstep somebody if she needs to. Like, I just don't care about that. Like, it's just not relevant because uh, maybe a living ratio will be able to stick around because it must be competent enough where they'll w- win their way out. But I don't know, man, that, that, that just didn't do anything for me. I mean, Nelson won a mission, finally broke the streak. That, that's really the one notable thing to come out of this episode for me. And that, what, that's what, the only thing for me. And the crazy thing is that he won a mission in an episode where at the start of the episode, he said that he didn't want to win a mission. So what changed for him? So it makes it look like he could win a mission. Critical. <laughs> maybe, I mean, look at only two people completed. So maybe he just gave like what he thought was a, a mediocre effort and then it went through. No, I he really wanted to win that. that. That's really what this boils down to. Like he's saying that because it's a way to deflect away from the fact that he's not winning. And then when he actually could win, it was a big deal. Like the, people do that shit all the time. Okay, so without grading this on a curve, Trace, why is this episode good? So, all right, let's let, let's hold on. Let, you're you're putting words each, in my mouth at the moment. Let, let's each okay, give a letter well, grade. Let's each give a letter grade. I don't know if I can give it an F, but it's certainly a D, D minus. I'll give it an F, Trace. I gave it a C. It's fine. Like, that's the thing. Like, you, you call it grading on a curve. I just, I'm so PTSD'd from Spies, Lies, and Allies that I, at least I feel like the storylines and the cast here is better. My issues with this episode are just in the shitty editing. Like, there there are so many poor choices that are made. All right, so we talked about this a few weeks back. I'm just, we're just, I'm just going to have to accept the fact that reality TV as we knew it is dead, and it's either keeping up with the Kardashian shit or it's competition reality shows. Because even Survivor on this last episode had to spend another eight fucking minutes on their existential crisis moment. And it annoyed the fuck out of me because it's just like, look, I don't watch reality TV to be reminded of people's misery and overcoming it. I watch reality TV to be entertained. So this whole let's cover everything super serious in reality TV is going to fucking break me at some point. Like I cannot deal with this anymore. I would say that they they did that plenty in the past. It probably wasn't as much a percentage of the overall screen time. And I also think when it's not, then it feels a little bit more impactful. Like if everybody mm -hmm. has this existential crisis, then like... 
And that's my you know, issue. It's all the same. That's my issue is they're spending five, six, seven minutes on somebody else's existential crisis in the, in the, in an episode. And it just, it kills me. It, it It's okay, so not entertaining at all. Say, Devin, you seem like you really wanted to say something. What was it? Sam Higdon in the chat gives it a C plus. Tracy says what gives it a D minus. Ross gives it a C plus. I feel like Ross needs to come on here and defend himself because this was one of the biggest <laughs> flaming pieces of shit I've like, ever I seen. I think in my it was well worse than most of the episodes on Spotless and Alice. I would say that definitely. Confidently. Like this, yeah. this was, yeah, like this I, is in contention for like some of the worst episodes from that season, and that's what I consider generally maybe the worst season of all time. Like yeah. I would consider it better than the one episode where like Emmy has her alien spiel and Ugh. they all give like talk about and they all applaud her and then Bessie and Josh like fight for two seconds at the end. It's better than that. Uh, and then everything else is kind of in the same mix. It just was bad, dude. Like the mission just the mission was too long and too redundant. It was awful. Yeah. It was so long. All right, so you want to say good things? All right, let me let let's talk about three right. good things from this episode. Number one. That montage of all the hookups was decent. However, like you said, Jordan and Tori were sleeping in the same bed together. And we're just going to pretend like this isn't a big deal. Like, they at all. Brush it off to the side. And let's also... Like, I, I, how how does that, that... That kills so much of the season. Like, how does that happen? Because that should be like the I most want dramatic, to know. The, the most dramatic point in the entire season. And now it's like, oh, what? Why don't like, you well, how, show like, this? Where are we continuing from here? So next episode, when we see Jordan and Tori, is it going to be like some sort of fallout from this? Is this just treated like nothing? Like we don't even because we didn't even get a good idea of where they stood with it. They had one confrontation where they like hugged and made up to some level, but that doesn't really lead in terms of both within the game and relationship wise what they're where they actually stand. And now it's just, I mean, look, maybe they just got in bed together and that's going to be treated as perfectly normal, and then them actually like any sort of more relation, more furthering of the relationship will be treated with a bit more sincerity. I don't know. I don't have any faith in this production team. Okay, so let's go back to the montage, all right? First of all, completely out of context in this episode. All of that shit happened after they went to the club. So why do we feel the need to have an out-of-place montage at the beginning of the episode where we're just going to be like, it's the love shack? Well, it would make a hell of a lot more sense that Jordan and Tor, or we'll call him Jory from now on, all right? So Jory... They get in bed together. It would make a hell of a lot more sense if it was, hey, we've been out drinking all night and we just weren't thinking and we just wanted some comfort and we hopped in the bed because this could be a one-time thing. Like it really could be. But let's at least put all of this crap in context. And the way I figured it out is when they started showing people heading back from the club, I went back later and watched the beginning of the episode. They were wearing the same clothes from the night they went to the club. So like they they just shoved this thing in there. That is an out of context. Here's some fun content. Hurdy, dirty, 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 dirty. Do you think they made it last week after Narice went on live and talked about everything that happened? And then people were like, well, you guys missed a bunch of I don't stuff. Even, like, all right, fine. We'll, we'll jam even, it in here. I don't even think we got Jordan's take on the whole situation. We got no. what Tori thought. No, I didn't get any and information even Tor- from Jordan. And even Tori's was so weird because she treated it with, she was like, she treated it seriously. She was not mm-hmm. treated, like trying to brush it off. She was like, mm-hmm. oh, I forget what she said exactly. She but said it was something not, like, like it's comforting, and, and in this house you're looking yeah, for comfort. Yeah, but she, she clearly there was emotion behind what she was talking yeah. about, and then got freaking Love Shack playing behind it. Like, it just would, made no sense in context. So so that editing was weird, and then there was also some additional editing later in the episode that was even... I, I want to see if either of you noticed it, but when it was pretty apparent that... Um, or when Olivia and Horatio were thrown in... They threw in a random confessional from with with Olivia and Horatio dressed in completely different out, outfits that didn't seem like it took place within this period of time and must mm-hmm. have happened later in the season. So once I saw that happen, it was very clear at that point. Oh, okay. There's no chance that they're going. In. Yeah. Well, it's, it's also like it's also like Colleen and Cam are over the moon in their confessionals, and Elise at least is clear. It clearly, the only thing she's missing is wearing black for a funeral on hers. Yeah. So, because we we haven't even touched on that yet, Trace. I don't know if you had more you wanted to go through. Yeah. So the other good thing that I thought was kind of funny was what the hell was Tommy doing, doing his Titanic impression in the middle of the challenge? Like, does he just realize they can't win, so he's just going to fuck around? Like, I mean, it was funny because they did start playing the Titanic music. That was pretty funny. I thought that was clever. Um, And then the other thing that I thought was pretty good was uh, bananas had a good quote towards the end of the episode which by the way they go to all the trouble of paying johnny bananas like six figures to show up on this season and they gave him like what 
90 seconds of content this whole episode. Does anyone that, really believe that, was, that Johnny Bananas is in a house not doing stupid, funny shit? And that they're was just my, not going to show it? That was my other takeaway from this episode, is they have all these characters that are on the show now, right? The cast is, I would say pretty significantly better from what it's on been paper, the last couple of seasons. On paper, this cast is actually good. Eh, I don't know. I think it's okay. Like, I don't think, I wouldn't say that it's good. I think it's just better from what they've been dealing with lately. And they don't show any of the people that are improvements. Mm-hmm. So we have that. And then we, we brushed on it a little bit. We get one of the worst eliminations we've ever had. If we did a top six worst eliminations, this would definitely be this in the is, conversation. This and this would bad. be pushing for number one. It has to be the worst performance I can ever recall. Yeah. It's worst right? performance like the, for sure. The worst elimination is always no going to be flaming soccer. Ah, that's actually pretty close to worst performance that he bring. I forgot about that one. That's the worst performances. Nelson, Nelson actually got like a decent kick in or two and he actually won. Corey's performance in that was horrendous. So that would be the one contender for worst first. I mean, like they basically couldn't begin the elimination their pair because he just couldn't get her up. He, he's not physically able to hold her up. Mm-mm. Do we think if he had perfect technique, he could have? No, it? he's just not capable of pulling her up. He I didn't wasn't think so. Capable. He should. Their strategy should have been to try and have her hold him up. I think that may mm-hmm. have been better. It may have been better. I think. Look, look clearly, he's not. He's not built for the show. Just comp- mm-hmm. competitively, he's lacking some physical capabilities through the show. He's a very nice man. Has many other skills in life. Um, I also think they did actually screw him over quite a bit with how they set this up. Because the rope just didn't seem like it was long enough. There was no the leverage. Wasn't the pad. He's just con- he's just like constantly reaching over. No, I just like, don't think. My goes- no, I just don't think he's strong enough to hold it up. Even if the rope's longer, he's going to get pulled even further. Mm-hmm. No, but if the rope's longer, he can at least get some slack by him. Yeah. He's not like leaning over, reaching for it, trying to pull her. That's one of it. So, as someone who's done these types of workouts Ro- before, not if- exactly that, but like if you have a longer rope you can find some slack and put your whole body weight into it. And if you find those proper tipping points, he might've only been able to hold her for like three seconds, but he would have at least been able to pull her up. Like he couldn't even get her off the ground. Rob, if the rope's longer then he's just off the back of the platform, do you get what I mean? Well, he doesn't have to hold her from the end. No, even, even if there's more slack, he's just getting pulled off either way. I don't think it makes any difference at all. Like if the ropes, if the ropes longer, like he's not, so if the rope's longer, he's not going to be able to tilt back far enough to be able to hold her up high enough so she can touch the puzzle. My thing is, if you look at, I felt like part of his issue was that um, he, it seemed like he was like reaching forward to grab it and was never able to actually like pull it back behind him. Like he's like, like he's reaching, because the thing is with Kim, Kim is tall. So with Kim doesn't have to reach as far forward to grab the rope. It seemed like he was reaching quite a bit forward to grab the rope and having to pull it back. Again, clearly like he just was not built for this. It just, that just was, this was, it was a I bad mean, setup of an elimination. It was a bad do you think, setup. Is, is there any other pair in the house where the guy do you think would not be able to do this with the girl? Um, you would honestly, I feel like, be kind of. I would be interested to see how Anissa and Jordan. I was going to say that's that. That's, that one would be one rough because we know Anissa couldn't pull him up, and could he do it one handed? Like I, yeah, that'd be tough. Because that's the, the because the rope was so short, he would have had to have been able to grip with both hands to really pull that up. And I mean, maybe he Jordan's a ninja, so maybe he would have figured it out. But he certainly would have had better tough. understanding of leverage than Tommy seemed to. Yeah, a lot of and people it's not like chatter, he's pulling he would not have lost. A, a lot of people in the chat are also small. saying that this is pretty unfair in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Um, Look, I I don't I don't know what we do with this. Uh, the Nelson stuff, I guess, like again, great for Nelson. One the one finally won a mission, happened to be on his birthday, so everything's coming up Nelson. Um, I just it's just hard for me to care that much when it's like rookie team two versus rookie team three. I don't know. I, my phone, I got a text message, and my phone fell down. Um, when it's just like these random rookie teams, I don't have much stake in. It's just difficult for me to care that much about the outcome. It just all feels like the same, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, I would say it's just Olivia, really, have, the, the, Olivia and Horatio saved themselves for what one to two more weeks. They're going to be right back in there again next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if well, we set the lines on who had, was going to get the most elimination wins this season, but they certainly seem like a clear runaway favorite for that. Yeah, I mean they're a threat. I mean they're they're performing well. Granted, they're going in only really against rookies and Caitlin and Sam or whatever, but 
they're just going to keep getting thrown in. And eventually there's going to come a point where they've got to go up against Durrell or they've got to go up against bananas or something. Go up against anybody. Like if you just go up against it, like any, any, the wrong person at any wrong elimination, you could lose. Like it could go up against Annalise and Tommy. And it was like some gymnastics based competition and they lose. Have we ever had a gymnastics based competition? That was no, the one I that really can't, the one that can be Natalie Negrodi on was pretty close to gymnastics. So they had to like it was like I guess trapezes where you have to like go on that rope. I really want to see the rhythmic gymnastics where they have the little ribbon. Like I feel like we should have <laughs> TJ out there with like Russian judges and see how this turns out. For the mission, let's talk about the mission. I actually like if I had to talk about what one of the best parts of the ep- or what the best part of the episode was. I'm not going to say what the best part of the episode is. Everyone probably knows what I think the best part of the episode is. What I think the when second part of the best episode is, <laughs> is potentially the mission. I didn't think the premise of the mission was that bad, but it should say a lot that if I think the best part of the episode was the mission or one of the best parts of the episode was the mission, that should tell you what I think of the episode. And I thought it was unwatchable. I don't get why it, Jordan and Anissa complete the mission. They're the only com- people that complete the mission to this point, and they have Jordan jump and get Anissa. If they're the only people that complete the mission, why doesn't el- everyone else adapt their strategy? What what was the what was the thought process here? I don't know. We're not dealing with a bunch of master tacticians amongst the challenge cast, I guess. Or it's a situation where these like, people just don't care about winning right now. Like, okay, we've got yeah, a vet team that won. That's also Who probably gives a part shit? of it. Where if you're not one of these rookie pair, if you're not one of the rookie pairs, and if you're not Jane, Michelle, or I guess Bill and Veronica, who cares? Like we're 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 fine to just, we're fine to just you know, just not even barely attempt the mission because again, like barely anybody was able to complete it. And that's a problem in and of itself. If people don't want to win these missions, then why do we even that, have the challenges? Change. I feel like that'll change pretty soon once. Like, w- once Kim and Colleen go, and then Rachel and Olivia will still be getting put in. The thing is, you have to put in four teams. Like, that is quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get to the point relatively soon where some of the pairs that we consider to have some equity are going to be forced to be part of the four. Yeah. We're still almost to a month we're out. We're out of them. No, we're, we're, because we still, have, we still have the two rookie pairs. We have. It'll yeah. be interesting to see, and we can talk about this more later. It'll be interesting to see if this perception of Jarrell and Verona continues past this week and if it does how much further down the line it persists and then we also have jay and michelle and amber b and chauncey so that's five mm-hmm. those are five pairs so it's mm-hmm. at least amber a couple b, more... leader of the rookies this season by the way <laughs> the rookie <laughs> coalition the ringmaster right, of the coalition. shit show yes. is what that is seriously she, she you know call her napoleon bonaparte or something <laughs> leading them into battle Oh my lord. I the thing that kills me is the real problem with the show right now. Like even keep this mission, keep this elimination as poor as it was. There's content they're leaving on the cutting room floor that would make this season so much better. So, what came out on a podcast after the episode was when Darrell and Veronica came into the house. Veronica told Anissa and the other vets that CT and Kara were the other vet pair coming into the game. They can't show that, though. Why? They're just not going to do that. That, I mean... It's so much more entertaining. It's so much more entertaining. It's better. Because at that point, it shows how manipulative and political Veronica is, and it takes heat off of her for just a little bit to get into an alliance and say, hey, we got to get our numbers together because CT and Kara were at the hotel... And when you see shit like that, it's like, oh, oh, wow, that's interesting. Like, can you imagine the angry conversations that were occurring in that house when she told them that? They're going to bring in CT and Kara? We're fucked. They're not going to do that because that would make for a way more interesting product if CT and Kara or Kara and Polly were brought in. And they don't want like the, the audience to think about that and be like, man, they got really missed the boat here. Like, <laughs> Well, that's what, what also true. That's actually a great point. They knew <laughs> they're they're like because like everyone's like oh this is great they're coming and then they don't you come think... it's like well dang but then you make a storyline out of it how Veronica's a manipulative person and will lie and cheat her way through the game and get and you could even right after she says it cut to a confessional that says hey they're not here 
but they don't know that yet. And so like, there are ways you could cover it to not have people get, you know, lose their minds with excitement and it not happen. Do you think we're in a producer's type situation where John Murray actually wants the show to fail for some reason? And that this is no. an attempt no. by him to completely submarine the franchise? Maybe there's some no. insurance money that he can claim. Maybe he has I think this is some just contract incentives tied to this where he wants I... another show to succeed and no. they're are, are completely uh, out on the boat for the challenge. They're making so much money worldwide with this show now that the problem is, is they can put out a shitty season and make a ton of money. Like that's where they're at now. The I mean, other ratings, problem... are, ratings are in the fucking tank. Ratings for are dog US shit. It they're is. they're, they're the out US of the honeymoon period. For the period. U.S. it is. Like, I'm with you, okay? Like, the U.S. ratings suck. But when you look at now how many other countries are airing the show and that there are networks paying them for the show, they are making many... more money than they ever have on so the show. So we knew that last season was broadcast as, broadcasted in more countries. Do we know how many countries this season is being broadcast in? How many of those it's people like, continued? 30? Yeah. I mean, how how is that compared to like what they were doing before that? Let me see. Keep going. It was like it used to only be like three. That's why I'm part saying. Of for, part of it for me is that it's commonly known, particularly amongst like the tech workforce now, which I'm a part of, that the uh, biggest skill you can have in your early career is interviewing. The best thing you can do is be really good at interviews because that gives you more jobs. More often you can switch jobs. Tends to be more often you can make money. Um. I think they just set up the show to be able to be marketed to all these. What, what can we have the cast be doing? What can we have the show look like? That will be the easiest to market to a bunch of, to a wide variety of people and just get those people to buy in. Because once they bought in, we've got their money. That's what we need to do. We, the quality of the product at that point becomes secondary for just our capability to sell the show. And we look at how the missions are set up, how the eliminations are set up, who they cast. This stupid, stupid interrogations and draw that they have that is the most pointless part of every single episode that takes up – how long are these things going to take? It's like a quarter of the episode. It was of a things solid that were just 20 so minutes. Irrelevant. Like, they start the draw for the elimination with 20 minutes left of airtime. That's how but long like, okay, it takes. But it's like, okay, we have the cast picking daggers out of a thing, and we have this like cool-looking interrogation room. That looks great. We can sell that to people. So that's why they have those set up there. And I honestly think in a lot of ways they have actually optimized their product for that. And it could be the best for the long-term financial viability of the – or maybe not short-term financial viability of the show, let's say. But it, it's, it's not the best for me. I, I think I the other that, issue I is, can't deal with this. is the CBS, Paramount, MTV is just taking more ownership of this is what the product will be. Because what we get on All-Stars is not what we get on USA – or this property like we just don't so, and it's because what's going out on the networks somebody somewhere who's in charge has made this decree for survivor amazing race all these popular reality shows that we're just not going to show the interesting content we're going to give this sterile straightforward game focused edit on everything now so do you, so if they put all stars 2 on mtv what do you think would get better ratings on mtv all-Stars 2 or this crowd? We're saying in the U.S. market specifically. Anywhere. I don't give a fuck. Anywhere. If they Anywhere promote today. All-Stars 2 like they promote... It's exactly the same. They do everything All exactly Stars the same. All-Stars 2 would have There's no way ratings. it doesn't, dude. No, not, not, not if they're broadcast to intermarket, international markets, I don't think so. We're just talking about the U.S. Just focus on no, the U.S. No, I'm talking about anywhere. I'm talking about anywhere. Why do you think, anywhere, this, do, no, why do you think this does better? Why? Because internet, because when you are marketing a product internationally, how it, like who's watching it is way different. It's like the, the why, why did why does it look for? I don't I don't give a fuck why it's how why, it's marketing. Why, it why does this one do so better internationally? And what, what, good movies. How don't. how are they? How how is this being market? I'm talking about they're marketing them exactly the same. What, what's different? How would they I understand be, they're marketing them exactly the same? But if you look at the types of movies that generate a ton of interest internationally, it's not good movies. It's movies that have special effects that have easy to understand plot lines that are just easy to port over from one culture to another. And I don't that, know, that's what dude. they moved this product to be. Well, that's that's what absolutely. Dude, but that that doesn't have to do with how they're being marketed. Then it's not about. I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm saying when you say how they're being marketed. I'm saying what you can market in the show when you're marketing this product. What are, so what are they? The what are they marketing in the show? What what are they having in the show that would be more appealing to a foreign, foreign audience? Missions. They can no, they can dude. People don't give a fuck about that. Yeah, they do. They, they tune out after a week, dude. This show is sucks. When you get to international markets, they absolutely do. 
They absolutely we don't even, care about we that. Don't, they care about so the cool we're talking about We're talking about international markets. We don't know how much fucking money they're making from this. We don't know how much fucking... How many fucking people are watching this in international markets? We have no idea. We're talking out of our ass. We don't, ha- we don't have any idea. But I think we don't know what the ratings are internationally. Of- I don't. I have no insight. All we right. So we, we have but, no insight. We know that we do know that international markets have bought in, though. We know that they've bought in, so they've do we, made money. Do we? Don't, we don't yes. know that they've done that for this season. We do not. Show show me something that shows how many places bought in for this this season after the steaming pile of crap that came out of uh, Spies Eyes and like, Allies. They don't care though. Especially because the value proposition for Spies, Lies, and Allies was that they had all these people from other countries. Now that all these people from other countries are not in the season, right? We only have one foreign pair, correct? Yeah, but here's the uh, thing that you're, you're leaving out. Around? We've got the Germans, and we've got uh, that Riley. Uh, no we had Nam. Right we had Nam and his partner, Nom's too. And then we had Turbo and his partner. So there were three international pairs. Someone... Ross, Ross in the chat said that there's zero marketing in the UK for the show. That doesn't shock me. So the thing is, think of it as a foreign TV executive, okay? You have X amount of hours to fill, all right? What he, is the he easiest said, hold, way time, time out to real quick. fill? He, uh-huh. said, he said the challenge is on TV here at 11 p.m. on Monday. No one gets to see it. <laughs> yeah. Not I should be specific when I'm talking insight. about marketing. When I'm talking about international marketing, it's not necessarily like I'm the product being marketed to audiences. It's being marketed to people who are going to buy the show. That is where I was going. Spies as an allies or ride or dies. We have a show that's set up like this. That's a lot easier to explain to these people why this is appealing than something like All Stars. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, what inherently about it? Like, okay, so what, when you, when you explain saying. why All Stars is when you explain why All Stars three, All Stars two is better than Spies as an Alice or Double Agents, why would they be better? That doesn't because matter. Because the personalities it of the show well, are more focused on on All Stars. What are you talking about? You're, be, the mission. So you're, you're showing you're showing the show to someone in a foreign area, right? What, why would someone think that this show is better than All Stars two? They don't know any better. First of I'm all, not, I'm not saying that they would. Necessarily, I'm not saying you. What know are you saying? That I don't get what you're saying. The I'm saying you have saying. these two products that are not that when you're marketing these people. I don't think they've been edited yet. I don't think they have the full season ready to go. You're just explaining what is. Maybe you have some clips or something. I don't know. But what I'm saying is that like the types of things that do well in international markets are types of stuff that's easy to explain why it's valuable to people. Rob, that's, you can again, make like big action. You can make these trailers look like whatever the fuck you want. Right, in, still in All Stars too. We still had trailer stuff going on. You can like add some uh, explosions, explosions in that didn't even happen. It doesn't matter. Well, wait, what's your reason then for why 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 the circumstances are what they are? Why what? Why the circumstances are what they are? Why the, the show, show. sucks? Why, why they... I don't fucking know, dude. I was joking around about well, John Murray trying to like summarize the show. Like, of course, I don't think that. I think I mean, it I... just sucks, dude. Like, I think what they're trying to do is I, they're I trying to make a much bro- more reasonable explanation than any other I, one. I, I think that they're trying to appeal to the widest audience possible. I think they can't get a lot of good people to come on. I think a, they're pretty clueless too about the people that would be good to have come on because I don't know. Like it, it's a bunch of shit. The format sucks. Uh, they don't do a good job at the eliminations. They don't do a good job at the missions. We could. It would be more difficult for us to name things that they are good at than things that they are bad at, right? There's more things that they're bad at than things that they're good at. Really, I can't say much of anything good about this season. All-Stars, USA, great seasons. It's incredible that some of the same people behind those seasons can also come up with this piece of shit. Yep. And so let me let me back up Rob's point for just a second, and then I got another one. So when you think about this from an international standpoint, you're going to be showing this in countries where there is somewhat of a language barrier. So you've got to have you know, dubs or whatever in some cases. But the other thing to think about is when you make the focus of the show mostly visual from eliminations to the missions, all of that stuff, it's easier for international audiences to digest. Whereas if you have a show like, let's say, Duel 2 Episode 1, where you don't even see... That's pretty visual. You know, that that's visual... Example. But you can't understand what they're fighting about. You don't know what they're upset at each other about. Like you, and if you can't, and if you don't understand English, are the dubs going to get it right? That that's a problem. And so, the more international this show goes, the more homogenized it has to be. Now, this is insane because these things aren't these. No, this bullshit. They're not mutually exclusive. You can do both at the same time. 
Why can't you I agree with these? Why can't you make it lazy. visual appealing and good? And also, well, I just, I highly doubt that they're having this conversation saying, all right, we need to dumb this down. We need to make this look really good because when we show this in a lot of other countries, they're not going to be able to understand what's going on. So we just want to amp up I, the mission. I don't know. About no, that, there's dude. no fucking I, way, dude. Dude, I okay, highly okay, so doubt I that. Have, have you so seen any blockbuster who, movies in the okay, last three years? Like, so that's so what let, they're let, turning into. Okay, so I have a friend who has written a Hallmark movie. He wrote a movie for Hallmark. And he, he, he and his friend, they get together, they write the first script. It's really, really, you know, there's a movie that they feel good about. They send it to Hallmark. It comes back. Less character development. Less personality traits. More bland. I'm, less jokes. That's literally what they write. I am not exaggerating. That's absolutely what they write. And that's for that's for a U.S. market, too. And I, like, I don't There's probably a lot of crossover between a Hallmark movie market and a, and a challenge market, even if it's not being successful right now. My wife so freaking I, binges I, those things. I freaking hate them. And I'm not trying to take shots at anybody's, like intellectual it's just like some people are different interested in different things some people don't want to be thinking a lot about the tv so they're watching that's what i'm saying that's a problem if they're doing that right because mm-hmm. if they're doing that they, they can do all of this at once and make a better product and so if they're showing if if they're showing these other shows on paramount plus why, why is it different then well you know I mean, part of it's also a resource management thing and yeah. that if we're going to care more about emphasizing this one value, we're going to hire people who are good at emphasizing that one value, not necessarily the other one. I think I just nailed it. All right, you ready? So I'm going to compare this to pro wrestling for the 80 millionth time, but this this will make a lot of sense. So in the 80s and 90s, when pro wrestling was at its zenith of popularity, it was based on the characters, like the characters and the people on the show drew the money. Well, as those people started leaving wrestling, WWE made a conscious decision to promote the brand WWE and focus less on the characters because those are people and you have to pay them more and you have to do this and you have to do that. And if they leave and they get upset and your marketing is built around the characters, then your show suffers. So they made a conscious decision where it used to be like Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior is on the marquee. Now it just says WWE live event in your town. The challenge is doing the same thing where as in the past, they relied on the personalities to sell the show. Now they are focusing on the brand of the challenge to sell the show. And the show is getting staler and more homogenized in that process. I, I, don't, I think it's it's gotten granular to the level where there's just a way they air things. It's just, it's just choppier and it's just different now. They don't let moments really breathe. They don't give like extended weight towards certain things. I even think about like, this is a weird one to come up with, but so when Paulie and Josh had that huge blow up fight on world of the worlds too, um, if you go back and watch that, and a lot of people criticize that moment because it's somewhat produced because it involves Polly. It's going to be somewhat produced. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a way they like air around that. That's just different than it is now. There's a like a space they give to each of them talking. There's like a way they underscore music to highlight a dramatic response that's different. It's just different than how the show chooses to edit around it now. And I, I don't think I don't see that changing really. I, I I'm, it's unfortunate, but I, I think we're just looking at how this season is set up, and the fact that I I understand the ratings have been down, but. I still don't know that we have concrete proof the shoe is doing any worse at the very least outside of that. Uh, or they're doing worse from a profitability perspective now than it's been in the past. Well, probably not so this season. Because what... the contract is already renewed for 39. So, like, their money that they're going to receive to do season 39 is locked in. So, like, the way they do it now is they lock in two or three seasons at a time at a certain rate, and they base it off the ratings of where they were. And that also means that the marketing budget for the show is set. All of those things are there. So, right now, we're living in a world where the ratings for Total Madness and Double Agents were through the roof. Total Madness was a solid season. It had its down points, the Zack and Jenna episode being Exhibit A, but it had a lot of high points and we enjoyed a lot of that season. And then when the D thing happened, the season got shittier because they had to re-edit the whole end of the season. I mean, it also happened during COVID. Exactly. So these contracts that they're working on right now are based on the performance of what happened in COVID with total agent, total madness and double agents. So they put out spies, lies and allies. It sucked. The ratings for this season are a direct result of that but they still have season 39 locked in. The real question will be, 
what is the contract and the money situation going to be for season 40? Because they would be stupid with the ratings this show is getting right now to not do budget cuts. Because the show is half as popular as it was even a year ago. I still don't know if the money they're making off the show is that much different. It's about to be. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> if half yeah. the people are watching. So I didn't see the ratings for last week. What, what did the ratings look like for last week? I know the first couple of weeks. It was 400,000. It was terrible. It was 400,000. My, my thing is like the NBA ratings, for example, and this is true for a lot of sports. It's not just them. There's the one I know the most about. They, they dropped like crazy from about 2015, 2016 to 2020. And their TV contracts go up exponentially every single time. Yeah. And it's that's because very live product, content is at a live, premium. That, that's live sports. It's that's way different. So, so you're thinking you're thinking you're thinking about it a little bit differently. Like you're thinking over like a, a wider range of time where there's the media landscape is changing, right? Where where people consume media differently, and there's a, a wider range of programming that people can watch. There's there's TikTok. There's Instagram. What we're talking about is the the span of ten months, right? Where uh, the big of that trend. Alert! That transition, nothing huge, that big of a transition took place in that period of time, except that people are just COVID. watching the show less. Ten months ago? Mm-hmm. Well, what about COVID? Ten months ago? Uh, ten months ago wouldn't have been. Okay, ten months ago, COVID. Ten Friday months. Night. Ten months ago, COVID was a rumor. All right. And even and even well, and like, even even and even if it was COVID ten months ago, that's not going to really change now. I mean, what, are, what, what is Buna Murray going to do and MTV going to do? Cross their fingers that there's another COVID spike up? That doesn't really sound like no, it's a I'm successful just strategy. That, no, I'm just saying that, like, for total Madison double agents, the ratings were artificially high because of, like, everyone's watching TV. Like, it was I just agree a with you. World. They were getting like, a million viewers. TV, but we're, talk, we're talking about some viewers. We're talking about Spies, Lies, and Allies versus this season. How, how much That's different are the ratings from this to Spies, Lies, and Allies? So, Spies, Lies, and Allies would hit the 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8. So we're talking 700,000, 800,000 viewers. No matter what you do, looking at this metric, they lost half their audience from Spies, Lies, and Allies. Dude, and it doesn't help. This is this is insane. Both of you are going to agree with me on this. Not only are they showing the show on the same night as Survivor, they're showing it at the exact same fucking time. Yes. And we know that there's a large, a large overlap in the viewership for those two shows. Even in our Discord, people say, oh, they have a conversation about, uh, I saw this within the last couple of weeks. Am I going to watch Survivor what gonna Live watch. or the Challenge Live? And, and, and every, Survivor Live. And everyone says, or pretty much everyone that I've seen say, oh, I'm going to watch Survivor and then I'll watch the recording of the challenge later. It's because it, it's it not must bizarre. TV. So, like, I know, so, so, for example, so McDonald's puts a ton of research into where they put their stores. It's known that, like, that's a huge part of their budget. It goes into like, okay, where are we going to put these McDonald's locations? Burger King puts essentially no money and we're not going to put their stores because we're like, okay, well, there's a McDonald's four feet from there. That's where we're putting a store. Yeah, that's good. Do we think that's kind of what happened here and they didn't realize that they're like both owned by the same place now and they shouldn't be doing that? Because it's like, oh, what is the ideal time to have a reality show? Oh, Wednesday night at 8. Okay, Wednesday night at 8. Let's go. So I was there. I think the problem is, is that it's just the difference between network TV and cable TV and people, as long as you hit a certain number on cable TV, that's good enough. You know, I really think that's what it boils down to. And at the end of the day, the challenge has been Wednesday at eight o'clock and even up against survivor season 40, they were getting a million viewers and they're just not getting it anymore. And it's because even, I mean, think about this. Okay. In the way they edit the show now, would they have edited and aired what went down between Bear and Kayla on Total Madness on this season? The way Probably they not. are editing lately. Probably it not. It would just be different. It would just be different. But it's like that for anything. So even Total Madness, even with its flaws, it still had some of the classic challenge content in there. You watch this, and it's just not there. There's some of your classic characters, but there's nothing that resembles the classic challenge stuff, period. Other than, oh, there's a mission and elimination and here's bananas. I think every week Kinda. they have to they have to probably be in awe knowing what actually happened when they were on location and then watching the episode back and seeing all of the things that they didn't show. That has to be pretty mm-hmm. jarring for them. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, I, I would just rather watch like unedited footage of the cast. Yeah. Just, I, I don't even know. Like, for like, sure. like getting ready for bed. Like that. That's more compelling content than so like, when than they the show when they had Darrell and Veronica come into the game last night, and they talked about how Darrell and Veronica have known each other for been friends for twenty years, and they talked about how. I think Darrell talked about how he got his first win with Veronica on the gauntlet and they showed the video of them on the gauntlet. I thought to myself, man, I'd really, I'd really rather be watching the gauntlet right now. And I watched, I just searched after this episode was over last night. I just searched gauntlet episodes, episode popped up on Vimeo, watched the first four, five, 10 minutes of it. So much more enjoyable. Oh yeah. Cause it was about the people and the competition. You just, it was part of it, but it was about the people. It's not about so my, people I, anymore. It's not, it's not much that it's a competition. It's like set pieces for me that just bothers me. Like, they're just trying to continually try to just, I don't know, for, yeah. force in, like, stuff looks artificially good, but it's not compelling to yeah. consume. The other thing that's a problem with the show, too, and this is, I think, a problem with TV in general, and it's probably why we have to do the existential crisis moments to cut up time is why why are these TV executives so fucking afraid of Twitter? Like, who cares what some asshole on a social media site says and starts a, let's ban this person, or let's do this, or cancel this, or... I don't think that's Oh, we love this. We I think that's a lot to do with it. I, I agree with it. I, th- I like, think a lot... I, I just do not understand, because in my... I mean, granted, I'm 38, so I'm a boomer to most people at this point. I mean, I'm the old man that yells you, at class. You skipped Generation right? X. Yeah, well, yeah. And so, but, well, to Gen Z, I am a fucking boomer. I was called a boomer the other day because I said something that was like, I, you know, kids these days do not understand how to put their phone down. And they're like, okay, boomer. And I was like, well, you're holding your fucking pretty phone and not take, looking Chris, me in the eye. But they're literally talking to me, but they're staring at their phone and doing all this shit. And I'm like, hey, I'm actually trying to have Maybe a conversation Maybe they just have social anxiety. Well, then put your fucking phone down and find another way to deal with it. Anyway, my point is, I feel like that the online mobs are given too much weight because realistically, let's be real for just a moment. Let's have a thought exercise. What can a Twitter mob really do to you? Organize a boycott of people that already aren't consuming your well, content. Like, who gives well, a shit? I guess, I guess what have I'm we talking ever, about. Have we like, ever seen? Have we ever seen a successful like Twitter boycott? Right. Every, the people that produce uh, media always, couple, but not, always not, hate. Well, always okay, hate okay. But I, before it gets to that point, right? Well, so yeah, that's the problem. Like, that's well, the thing. I, I don't. I don't think that that's causing problems. Like they, they put on Turbo and Jordan, people who are rumored to have been killed. They put on Naya, who was rumored to have not been allowed on the show. I don't. Are you taking this from the content they're airing perspective? That's what that's I'm saying. The, is the content they're airing? They're think... trying to put out a product that won't offend anybody, so that Twitter woke mobs don't come after. Them. So, I don't think a lot of the content they had before was offensive so, in any way, hold, even if they aired it now. So, that's on, the problem. Hold on, hold on, is something hold on. is always offensive to somebody. So, so if they if the they, issue at all. if they wouldn't have edited D out of the rest of Total Madness, would people have really just been like, "All right, that's it. Challenge is over. Challenge is canceled. No one watched the challenge." Do you I think, think that, that would have actually happened. You no, think that they would have had the same no, exact fucking ratings. Happened. They would have had it the same exact fucking rating. That wouldn't have happened. But again, that was a very specific circumstance, like a very specific time. I now we're not saying now. we agree I, with D. By the way, everybody listen to this. Like what she did was inexcusable. I do not agree with D. I think we need. We need to, I don't even. I don't think we need do not agree with D. Up. Okay, but, but I've never said. I, I just, don't think if they just look at like a random War of the Worlds one episode that the content they aired on that any of the people would say is offensive. I think that the issue is people are. Or like if you look at how a lot of podcasts are produced now, there's constant sound effects. You have no clue what's going on conversation wise. You're constantly jumping in and out, breaking clips from things. I think that's a lot of the same attitude that's affected the show. That's just how a lot of content is produced at the moment. So basically, what you're telling me is, is they produce for the lowest common denominator I mean, with no attention span. I feel I feel bad because I think some people it's not like a, a sense of their actual intellect as much as just some people don't feel like thinking about what they consume as much. But I think that's a. I think that's a lot of what it is. Is that's a, like, again, like you look at podcasts, how a lot of video shows are produced. It's a lot of the same things that are we complain about on this show that have been happening for some time, but have definitely grown more popular in recent years. Where it's just uh, here, here's cut in this clip from this thing. Here's like random sound effect bridging between different scenes. Like that's I guess what my, people do. 
this really has nothing to do with the challenge, but it's really more of my existential crisis moment of our podcast episode. So I'll throw one of these in there. Are we just getting at a point in society where things are just going to be more homogenized, period? Because I don't know about y'all. I I like things that are different. And if I don't like it, that's fine. Somebody else might like it. Like, why do we have to have a product that appeals to the widest audience possible if the widest possible audience version of something really isn't good, but because it's well, not offensive or it doesn't cross any, like it is what it is. Like I realize that there are some things that we've done in the past from an entertainment perspective that have had negative consequences. So we want to avoid that. Like the angry white boy culture that I was a teenager in could be pretty damn toxic at times. And so like, I would agree. We don't want to flip that switch, but like, they we've seen on all stars that you can put out a product that has personality spotlights has some personal stuff but is still interesting to watch like it, it it's not that hard so, they just did it so it as a product as a product grows bigger it's going to become more homogenized so you're trying to reach a bigger base at that point that's a universal business philosophy so I think when you have this product, which you're trying to build up and up and up, it's going to become more homogenized. We're trying to appeal to more people. Whereas, like all stars, is more niche than it have to be as homogenized. I don't think but, that's a cultural. But thing doesn't there come a, a point business. though where if you homogenize it so much, it's just like everything else on TV, and then it becomes irrelevant? Like that's the well, thing that sure, I hit. there's probably some level. There's probably like a, a cliff you fall off of at a certain point. Yeah, but I think that I mean I, I would hope that they're at least intelligible enough to like continue scooting up to it and uh, the cliff as the product grows all right and again like as well i was being alienated with three people like if the if they alienate three people but they get nine more to tune on nine but more people not just three people though that's the problem their ratings have been cut in half since last season so four hundred thousand people have made the decision Poof. ah fuck this show i'm out Poof. gone yeah I, I know all right so we we've I think talked about the episode for 15 minutes and bitch for about uh, 30 minutes. 30? I was going to say, and I'm, I was going to say, and you I'm, complain about all the existential talking about existential crisis. All we do is have existential crisis about the product each week. We don't even talk about and I, like, I'm the very actual sim- game that's going I'm on. I'm very sympathetic to the people who uh, complain that we, whenever we don't talk about the episode, which I, we, we, I, we used to do that more. I feel like we, or at least me, myself, I'm consciously more aware of that now. Do we just want to fly through some of the stuff that happened in the episode so we can say? Yeah, sure. let's take ten it? minutes. And uh, let's I don't just have fly much time, but yes. All right, no, we're just ahead. gonna fast as five minutes again, like we did last week. Uh, so episode starts. TJ comes in, brings in Darrell and Veronica. Amber B talks about how she's happy to see Darrell because she was paired with him on her first season. Back at the house, Veronica says that they're going to get over Darrell's fear of heights. Darrell says he doesn't want to sleep next to Tori because she farts. That was actually kind of funny. Uh, Tommy wants to talk with Olivia and Horatio to kind of uh, bury the hatchet about what happened last week. That did not happen. Uh, Laura and Horatio are shown together flirting. Obviously, they've been building on this for a couple of weeks. Something's probably going to happen soon because Horatio is probably going to go home very soon. So I think they kind of need to... They're going to have to get to it. Finish that storyline. How, how is that? Just very, very quickly. Sorry. Just sorry. How is that relationship built up more than Tori and Jordan? I don't know. It's a great question. <laughs> that's the thing. It's is like, a Pat, great you question. You're trying to gaslight me in the text messages like, oh, they don't talk. They don't air that type of content anymore. They don't actually show a relationship like building and stuff. I'm like, it's like Laurel and Horatio. Horatio. This is her ex fiance. You know, I will say this. This was another thing in the episode that made me laugh that you triggered it in me when you said that. It really looks like Horatio was enjoying the attention but Laurel looked like a cougar stalking her prey. And I know she's Seriously. not that old, okay? Like, I'm not saying she's old and is an actual cougar. But, like, she kept coming up and, like, hugging him. And the look in her face was like, I'm going to get you into bed as soon as I possibly you think, can. Do you think he's just not in Real quick, okay, we, we've, we've got about four minutes because my phone feels like it's on fire right now. All right, so let's keep going. Got, let's, 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 let's fire. So Olivia talks with... Uh, Amber B and Nerese and Michelle. This is essentially the rookie coalition. I do quite we enjoy Nerese. We get the She's we get the good. moment we get the moment She's at good. the fire pit outside where Colleen talks about how she's grateful for the energy in the house. And Fessy says that he's not looking for love. Next scene, Fessy carries Colleen in, into bed. Fessy and Colleen hook up. Jordan and uh Tori are shown together, and Olivia and Nelson hook up. 
After that, we get a scene where Nelson says that he there's no reason for someone to want to win a mission right before he wins a mission. We get to the mission. No one completes Everybody the mission. Everybody sucked. <laughs> no one completes Everybody the mission sucked. except for Anissa and Jordan and Nelson and Nerese. They should give credit to Nerese for coming up with the correct strategy. But based off of what we saw, Jordan and Anissa were the ones who had the strategy first, which doesn't necessarily Well, I think that was out of necessity. Could could we really think that Anissa was going to get Jordan's higher than six jump. inches off the ground? Yeah, I don't think Anissa's like, I don't mean that, that to be mean to Anissa, but like, when has she shown any athleticism like that? All right, let's, let's keep... Again, I've got... I've back, got back, we're we're, we're flying through this. We're, we're almost done. Back at the house, Nerese talks to Nelson. She wants to put two vet pairs down in there, which would be a terrible move. And I don't really, I get why she wants to do it, but it would be a terrible move. I don't move. know if she actually even wanted to do it. I think she, they might have just edited around that. She, they said that. Well, she I wanted to keep that... her friends that she'd made around. And Nelson's like, this ain't about friends. This is a business trip. So we get we get the we gotta keep going. We get the night out. The next scene at the night out, Tommy, Tommy and Annalise talk to Nani and try to get her advice about what to do because they know that they're going to be thrown in. Nelson and Yurice talk with Olivia and Horatio. Nelson said he almost didn't want to win because he knew that we would have to throw Olivia in. They come up with the plan, whatever fucking plan this is, Big brain to try and save bullshit. them. We get into deliberation. Olivia and Horatio are thrown the, out. All, all the people are thrown out. Uh, then we get to interrogation. Uh, Tommy and Annalise are pretty much to told, told by uh, Nelson that they're going to go in. Colin and Kim make a deal with Nelson to save Olivia and Horatio if uh, they're the ones that aren't guaranteed to be thrown in. After interrogation, and uh, Annalise and Tommy have their moment together where you know they whatever whatever uh, yeah. we, we get a montage Their existential of people. crisis of the week we get the one we interesting get the... thing is they do encourage them to make the same deal annalise and tommy did last week that's literally the exact same thing that they was told the them exact to do, and that was like deal. such a big deal yep. yeah that, that was the, that was olivia's big that was olivia's big plan so I, I they do that exactly what tommy and annalise did. exactly the same thing exactly the same we get the montage that's a very good point we get the montage of everyone getting ready for the elimination then we get one of the worst eliminations in the show's history Okay, I, I do really have home. to go. Unfortunately, bye bye. I do actually have a bit more here, but I, I've got to jump off. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.